This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. I pray that y'all have been blessed through this series that we've been going through. It's called The Choice is Yours, and I just really pray that uh, this is maybe spoken to you, that the Lord's used this series to, to maybe kind of spur you to make some changes in your life, because I think we all can agree that some of us need to make some better decisions in our life. And so we're wrapping up the series today, and what we've been doing is we're looking at some big choices that we're intentionally making, because as we've said from the get-go, our lives are essentially the sum total of the choices that we've made up until this point. Where you're at today, somebody say today. today. It's because of the choices you made yesterday. Somebody say yesterday. yesterday. And even the days prior to that. And the truth is, is that where you're going to be in a year, where you're going to be in two years or ten years, uh, those are all based on the choices that you make today and tomorrow and the days to come. And so it's important that we make good choices. And thus far, we've talked about choosing purpose over popularity. Come on now, that was a good one right there. Choosing purpose, uh, choosing surrender over control. I didn't get too many amens in that one. I got to be honest with y'all. But we need to choose surrender over control and give it to God. Pastor Nolan taught us about choosing faith over fear. Come on. Uh, last week we talked about choosing discipline over regret. Discipline over regret. Right. And a couple people like that one. Praise God. And, and so in this series, I pray that we've all learned something. And that with the Lord's help, we're going to be making some good decisions that they're going to affect the future us. The future us. Amen. So today I'm going to begin with a question. I want you all just to think just for a minute. Uh, here's your question. Have you ever wished that you had more time to do other things? Now for the next few seconds, I want you to store to memory what that is that you wish you had time to do. Okay, so it could be anything from uh, reading to vacationing. Uh, it could be you wish you had more time to pray. Some of us guys wish that maybe we had more time to sit on the bank of the pond and fish. Uh, more time to rest. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> uh, what about time to maybe exercise? Uh, maybe you wish you had more time to spend with your spouse uh, or with your children. Uh, we usually say that we don't have time to do these things because there are things that need to be done. And in your mind right now, you're probably thinking what some of those things are because in your mind, you've got a house you've got to clean. Uh, in your mind, you've got kids' birthday parties that you've got to get them to. In your mind, you've got to get the grass done or you've got to uh, pay some bills or you've got mouths to feed. Come on, y'all know the things I'm thinking about. There's always something that we've got to do that prevents us from doing these things that we wish we had time to do. Uh, and most everybody, whenever you ask them, how are you doing? Have y'all noticed what the normal standard issue response is? So, hey, how are you? It's a four-letter word. Busy. Good should be it, right? But how are you? Busy. That seems like it's the default response for everybody. Everybody's just uh, so busy these days. Uh, adults probably are never going to say, um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of bored. Do you have a job? <laughs> <laughs> do you have kids? If not, parents probably aren't going to say that. Rarely do people say, you know, I'm really relaxed these days. Thanks for asking. 
That's not anything you normally hear either. Uh, and we always just seem to be rushed as if there's not enough hours in the day. I don't know about you, but I kind of wish that we could have 30-hour days and I would be like really efficient. Probably nothing would change. But anyway, but a thought for us today as we kind of get going, and I'm just kind of throwing some things at you today. A thought that I want us to get today is that the enemy wants to keep us busy doing things that don't matter to prevent us from the things that do. Listen to me now. The enemy wants to keep you busy doing a lot of stuff that's really not worth that much because he doesn't want you to be busy doing the things that really, really, really do matter. And let's just get real. We all have time for what we choose to have time for. But a lot of times we say, we don't have time for this other thing, but you've, you've chosen how you spend your time. And there's a good chance that we fill part of our days with, with something uh, less important. But hey, that's on us because that's our choice, right? And so today, everybody say today, today. Uh, we're going to talk about what's important versus what's urgent. And the choice is indeed yours today. Now, some people see important and urgent as the same thing, but they're really not whenever you think about them. So let me give you just a few quick examples. So getting medical care whenever you're sick is urgent. Do we all agree? It's urgent. Taking care of yourself so you don't get sick as often is important. Make sense? Um, getting your car fixed whenever it won't run, that's, ur that's urgent, right? Because you need to be able to drive around and get to work and everything like that. Uh, maintaining a car so that it continues to run is important. Does that make sense? Um, going to pay your light bill after your lights have been cut off is urgent. Especially if you have electric heat right now. It's urgent, right? Somebody say amen to that. I don't like being cold. Um, but keeping up with your finances and making sure your get bills get paid and going to work is important. So there's a difference in important and a difference in it and urgent. And if we do what's important, y'all, we won't have as many things pop up that are urgent because the truth is, is whenever you think about it, urgent situations are normally significant life interruptions. They're normally significant life interruptions, but they're often preventable. How many of y'all have ever had somebody reach out to you and they had this big thing going on in their life and you think to yourself, this was totally preventable. Too many times we don't do what we're supposed to do to prevent these almost catastrophes or these urgent things from popping up in our life. Believers in the world, what we see as important, oftentimes it's going to look different. Can somebody agree with that? You know, what I see as important as somebody who's a follower of Jesus and what somebody else who doesn't know the Lord whatsoever sees as important, it's going to look different at times. And in the book of Luke chapter 10, he writes about two sisters uh, in, in the word. And this is Martha and this is Mary that he writes about. Now, just to give you a heads up, uh, Luke was a physician. Luke was not one of the disciples. Sometimes people think that since he wrote a gospel, he was a disciple, but he was not. Also, in case you didn't know, Luke wrote the book of Luke. But in addition to that, he wrote the book of Acts as well. And he writes about Mary and Martha. And these are two ladies that they're sisters. They live in Bethany. And y'all remember Lazarus in the Bible? Uh, Jesus, you know, brought him back to life. That's Lazarus's sisters here. So he says this in Luke 10, 38. 
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Somebody say distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. So Mary did what was important. She got at the feet of Jesus. I want to encourage you today and tell you the most important part of your day is being at the feet of Jesus, right? Martha, she surrendered to what was urgent in her eyes. Now, Jesus was in the house and Martha felt like, you know, I need to cook. I need to clean. We got to get this place looking good because, I mean, Jesus is in the house, right? How many of y'all feel like you may have done that yourself? I, I'm a man. I'd like to go ahead and just emphasize that, but I could totally be Martha at this point. Because, I mean, if the king of kings is walking into my house, I don't want my house to look like the kids tore it up, right? And we want to make sure that he's taken care of. But, but I know Martha loved Jesus, but honestly, she missed at this moment what was most important. She was distracted but by what all had to be done, the word says. Somebody say, had to be done. And she even asked Jesus, hey, will you get my sister to come help me because I need a little help over here. Uh, how many of us have focused on the urgent and a lot of times we've neglected what's important? I've been guilty of it. And that's what happened here with Martha. And there's a lot of times where us as believers, and this can be in any area of our life, that we overdo and we complicate things unnecessarily. In the scripture just a second ago, we had it right, well, we got it right there. The second line, you see it's highlighted, had to be made. Somebody say had to. A lot of times in our life, we feel like we have to do something. That spirit of comparison to get on us a lot of times. Because we see people are doing this, this, and this, and we feel like, well, we're not doing this. That means we got to do this. We have to do this. And we often feel like we have to do certain things whenever we don't have to. We need to focus on what's most, most important. And, and Jesus actually responded to Martha, and his response implied that just simple, somebody say simple, simple hospitality was sufficient. Kind of like Martha, it's great, but it's not necessary. Verse 41, Jesus responds to Martha saying, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few, simple, few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, again, surrendered to the urgent, but Mary chose what was important. I want to tell you, if we're not intentional, y'all, in our lives, the urgent will constantly push out what's important in our lives. But we've got to be intentional to always choose the important over the urgent. So another question I got for you today, what's an important thing that you've been distracted from pursuing or doing? Get honest with yourself just for a minute. 
What's an important thing that you've been distracted from pursuing or doing? So here's just a few that, that are really important. For instance, maybe you've neglected your time with God because something's always going on. Maybe you've not been giving your spouse the time that y'all really need together. Maybe date nights or something that y'all don't know anything about because you don't feel like you have time or you have so much you have to do. Uh, maybe your kids feel like they never get to see you because of your work schedule or you're always busy doing something else. Uh, maybe your health is just declining and you have not taken the time to do what you need to be able to get on track. I understand that sometimes with kids, especially fast food is really fast. But it's not good for us. Can we all just agree, right? But it takes time to, to cook a, a healthier meal, doesn't it? So maybe you've not taken the time and, and you can just tell the effects on your body and you don't feel good. Maybe you've not taken the time to exercise or walk or something like that. What is it that you've been distracted from and you've not been pursuing? And I want us to think about that. And I want us to look at some thoughts of how we can choose what's important today. So the first thing that I want us to think about how we can choose the important, not the urgent. The first thing is, is we want to create artificial deadlines. Create artificial deadlines. Some of you may ask, Gene, what is an artificial deadline? It's a deadline that's artificial, right? It's not a real deadline. I want us to think about this just for a second. Here's an example. My teaching, okay, every Sunday morning I'm up here teaching, my teaching has to be done. The official deadline would be roughly about 10.35, 10.40 in the morning on Sunday. Would y'all say that's right? Because I don't get on stage or get up here to teach it till about that time. So that's the real deadline. But I have to make an artificial deadline. I normally try to have my teacher wrapped up by the end of Thursday. There's multiple reasons. First of all, I like to just think on it for about two solid days. And actually, a lot of times I'll go in Saturday night and I'll make some tweaks to it just because the Lord's revealing some stuff to me. I like to do that to where I can just think on it. Secondly, I want to make sure that I've got Friday nights and Saturdays for my family. And I'm not consumed by just looking at my teaching. I always review it, if you will, on Saturday night and stuff. In addition to that... Uh, I have to send it off to where these good-looking graphics can get done as well uh, between Thursday and Sunday to where all of our graphics are done so that you all have visuals as well. So I have to create an artificial deadline. Is it the real hard deadline? No, absolutely not. I could get up here, y'all could have no graphics, and I could just wing it, but that's not the way Gino rolls. So I have to create an artificial deadline. Yeah. But a lot of times you may have artificial deadlines and you don't even realize it. So, for instance, if uh, there's a ball game, I don't know if you're maybe a State or an Ole Miss fan or something like that, maybe there's a ball game that starts like early evening, 6 o'clock, something like that. And so you've got to be able to get to Oxford by 6 o'clock. You can magically wrap your work up at 2 o'clock so that you can get on the road to get there in time, can't you? Because in your mind, you thought to yourself, I've got to be done by two if we're going to make it in time and go get the kids and haul, haul it to, to uh, Oxford or whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
we can do this, but a lot of times we don't create these deadlines. And so our work spills over past five o'clock, it spills over past six o'clock, and we just drag things out. And it's honestly taking away time from those really important things that we were just asking ourselves about just a moment ago. Does that make sense? A lot of times we work late, but for the sake of our marriage, y'all, for the sake of our family, y'all, for the sake of our sanity, somebody say sanity, for the sake of our sanity, we've got to be able to cut off some things and focus on what's important. We've got to be able to do that. But artificial deadlines make us more productive and it frees up our time and our energy and our efforts to put where they're needed most. Now, the second thing I want us to think about today is we need to be selective in our yeses. Selective in our yeses. Now, let's think about this. Many are not living meaningful, meaningful lives because of overcommitment. Of overcommitment. It seems like a lot of people get way overcommitted sometimes. You know, we've, we're always saying that we're busy or we're running constantly, but y'all, I want you to understand this. Busyness doesn't necessarily equal productivity. It doesn't also equal meaning in your life either. It doesn't, meaning, it doesn't equal fulfillment in your life either. You can be busy rolling from one thing to the next, and y'all, you will not be fulfilled, and you will not have meaning, and you might not be product, uh, producing squat as a result. It's just the truth. I don't know about you, but rather than just being busy, and I've got to steal this from Pastor Keith too, see, I want to be intentional with my time. Not just busy. Just rattling off our schedule and how much we got to do. Whatever. Are you doing things that are really making a difference? Are you being intentional that your time is being used well? Does that make sense, anybody? We need to be intentional to do things that really matter. Now, on my phone, I use to-do list on my reminders. Is anybody else? I'm going to be honest with you. If it wasn't for Siri, I probably would forget to brush my teeth in the morning. She reminds me to do everything. And Regina crack up because we'll be driving down the road. I'm like, Siri, remind me to go. Siri, remind, I mean, and I like rapid fire like 10 things that I've got to do. And, and my amazing iDevice and my MacBook, they all sync up together. So they're popping all day long. You Android people wouldn't know anything about this. But anyway, <clears throat> I've got to bring it out at least twice a month, okay? <clears throat> But anyway, so it's constantly reminding me throughout the day because I'm behind my MacBook most of the day, but it's reminding me what I need to do to where I don't forget things. But here's the thing. We have to-do lists, but sometimes we need to have to-don't lists. I mean, y'all, think about this because the truth is there's a lot of really good opportunities out there, but we need to learn to say no to some things. Somebody needs a little bit of freedom today. Every time you're asked to do something that could be a good thing, you don't have to say yes. You know, we need somebody to help coach this or that. We got approached to, to help coach uh, upward basketball. First of all, I'm not the man to coach basketball. Second of all, honestly, I don't have the time because it'll take away from what I'm doing here. And so I had to politely decline. And, and I know a lot of times, I'll tell you, uh, like, Sports people, they can lay a pretty good guilt trip on you. Like, you know, hey, your kid's in this and we really need you to do this. And it's hard to say no. I get it. Um, but we need to say no to some stuff. And it can be good stuff. But the thing is, is it most important? 
The thing is, is it taken away from your family? Is it taken away from your kids? You know, whatever it is. And that, that, that coaching thing was just one example. It could be a lot of different things. It could be work-related things, extra projects outside of work, whatever it is. But we need to, we need to say no a lot more often than we do to things. I mean, I've drawn some boundaries in my life as it relates to ministry. I'm going to tell you something here at Church Alive, and you'll find this out if you're kind of new to the church. There are some churches that they've got a hundred different ministries within their church. Um, I like to keep it, and I heard this uh, from Chris Curley one time, lean and mean. Have less that are more effective than a lot that aren't. Does that make sense? Have less that are actually producing fruit than having a hundred different ministries and we don't hardly know what's going on or if they're even producing fruit. And as a church, if something's not producing fruit, we really don't need to be pursuing it because we're just wasting our time, y'all's time, everybody's time, right? We need to be making the most of our time. But I do this because I don't want to burn out in ministry. I do this because my family are extremely important to me, and I've seen pastors that they put their church in front of their family, and I have refused to do that. And I had pastors speak this into my life whenever we rolled into this, into this role here of senior pastors. But something I want you to get today is that the best leaders and the most effective people, y'all, they don't do more. They do more of what matters most. The most effective people don't just do more. Staying busy isn't really that meaningful. They do more of what matters most. They're, they focus their efforts on what really matters. Uh, I want to talk to mothers just for a minute. I know online, and I see this just with, with friends and stuff, uh, a lot of mothers are constantly showing what they're doing with their children. And they're just being kind of a mom taxi. They're going from this to that to this to that. And they're helping out in the classroom. And they're helping out with sports. And they're helping out with Girl Scouts. And they're helping out at church. And they're helping out all this, just tons and tons of stuff. And if you've ever felt like you're not doing enough because of what you're seeing online, you need freedom from that today. I want you to focus on raising your kids according to the Word of God. And I promise you they're going to turn out all right. But I want you to know this. <clears throat> I want you to know this. Um, your ranking as a mother, it's not determined on how busy you are doing kid stuff. And I also want to remind you that God called you to be the spouse to your husband before he ever called you to be a mother because your husband came first, your kids came after that. It took the two of you tangoing together to ever have kids. Come on, somebody. And... And those kids are about an 18 to 20 year assignment. And after they're gone, you two are stuck together. And hopefully that's a good thing, right? It was just the two of you whenever you got married. And that's the way it's going to be after a little while because your kids, they're going to have their own lives, right? But don't start to compare yourself and feel like you're not doing enough. First of all, I want you to know you are enough already. And you need to focus on What's important? Somebody say important. And y'all, busyness doesn't mean squat. But I want you to know, y'all, the most effective followers of Jesus, they don't do more. They do more of what matters most. More of what matters most. And understand, listen, there are good things and there are God things as well. And I alluded to this just a minute ago. There's a lot of good things you can get into 
but there's things that really bear fruit as well. I mean, if it's ministry versus sports stuff for my kids, I'm choosing ministry every time. I don't know about you. This, this is my focus over here is ministry. And it's not just because I'm a pastor. That's the way I was raised before my parents ever pastored at all. That's just the way our family was. We, we did what was important in the, in the eyes of God. But a lot of folks have said yes to some things that actually have kept them from getting at the feet of Jesus like Mary was. Did y'all hear me? These obligations will often keep you out of church. These obligations will often keep you from spending time with your family. These obligations will also keep you from spending your just one-on-one time with the Lord. And it's because we said yes whenever we really needed to decline. Whenever we really just needed to decline. So be very selective with your yeses. And again, I encourage you to use the word no a lot more often. I encourage you to use the word no a lot more often. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this as a pastor, especially for non-kingdom related things. Amen? All right. The third thing is do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. Too often we think this to ourselves. If I have time, I'll... Somebody fill in the blank. I just heard sleep. That's a given, people. We all know that one, okay? What's the other one? You have it in your mind. If I have time, I'll do this. Maybe it's pray. Maybe it's have that date night. Maybe it's get to church. Maybe it's start to cook right. Maybe it's to exercise. It it could be a lot of different things. But whatever matters most, y'all, we need to do it first. Husbands may say, you know, uh, if we have time, we'll, we'll, we'll try to go on a date this month. No. No. You go ahead and you set the date up and you do it first before other things get in the way of it because your marriage is important, right? I I need a little more of an amen there, wives. Your marriage is more important. Um, So all of us as Christians, we should not say, you know, if I have time, I'll spend time with Jesus. No. He's the most important thing in our lives. Why would we put him on the back burner? I mean, we need to truly start our day with him. There, there's a reason why I talk to you about starting your day at the feet of Jesus because he truly should be number one. And before you get wrapped up in all this other stuff, which by the way, the job that you're going to, sometimes you say that gets in the way of me spending time with Jesus, but understand it's Jesus himself that gave you the job. It's him who gave you your job. And so we let that blessing, of, that blessing from him come before him. That seems to be a little messed up, doesn't it? So we need to spend more time with Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and just hurt your feelings. Maybe you say, I just don't have time in the morning. Then set your blame clock 30 minutes early. It's a very simple solution to the problem. But Gene, you don't understand. I need more sleep. Then go to bed 30 minutes early. My word. Netflix can wait. I gotta be honest with you, I'm at a point in my life, y'all, my grandparents watch the news every night. And then they watch the Jeffersons after the news. Those were summers, man. Those were good summers. I don't know how people can stay up and watch that. That's way too late. 10 o'clock? Are you kidding me? Thank the Lord, Channel 40 has 9 o'clock news. Whew. And if they start 8 o'clock news, I mean, that'd be a blessing right there, wouldn't it? 
But truly, you say you don't have time. You do. Men, you get up at dark 30 to go sit in a deer stand and freeze. You'll coon hunt at night. You'll whatever. I mean, don't say you can't. You can. If you want it bad enough, you can. Amen? But you've got to choose to have time for what's important. Do first what matters most. Mary spent time with Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, she's chosen what's best. Mary understood that, that time with him would change her life. This is a woman that was so in awe of Jesus. This is the same woman that had perfume that she just washed his feet with it that actually cost an entire year's salary. This is the same Mary. She was focused on getting at the feet of Jesus. Just getting at the feet of Jesus. She loved him that much. She understood, though, that, that just at his feet, her life would be changed. And she may have planned to go to the kitchen afterwards and to help her sister, but she just knew nothing could get in the way of her listening to Jesus and being at her feet or being at his feet because she knew that his words would change everything in her life. Yes. It would change everything. And Martha, y'all, I want you to understand, Martha wasn't necessarily wrong. No, not at all. She wasn't bad for what she did. As a matter of fact, she apparently was awesome whenever it came to hospitality, and we need those kind of people in the church, and we have some awesome ones at the church. Amen. She was trying to be hospitable for Jesus, but y'all, what she did was is she put work ahead of time with him. She put that work ahead of time with Jesus and her sister understood this is what's most important right here is getting at his feet. And the truth is, is that many Christians, a large percentage of Christians, they're not prioritizing him. They're not prioritizing his kingdom because they're too busy doing other things. They're too busy. Y'all listen to me, that word busy doing other things. They're not in their word. They're not praying They've said yes to other things that crowd out what's important. They've said yes to things that become more important to what's really important. A lot of people, they don't seek them in the mornings we were talking about, but y'all, we've got to pursue what's important and we've got to do it first. Somebody say, do it first. And again, we've got to start our day with him. The Lord actually um, got on me real good about two years ago about this. We were actually sharing with some friends recently Whenever I work on teachings and stuff, it, it takes a lot of hours out of the week. So I can, and just kind of bear with me for a second, I can spend hours working on a teaching and be in a lot of scripture, right? And I've got a software that is just amazing, and so I can pull up tons of translations, and I can cross-reference, and I've got um, just a lot of different stuff that I can read with a software and stuff. And then, of course, I've got my regular Bibles out. But I noticed that that was not the same as just getting at the feet of Jesus and just opening my word and just reading it. Does that make sense? I was in the word a lot during the week, but it was almost more of research, build a presentation. This isn't a presentation. You know, you know what I mean? Preparing for this versus, God, I'm in your word, speak to me. There's a difference. And so uh, the Lord actually got on to me because I like to go to the gym. My alarm every morning goes off at 4.35 uh, to go to the gym. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we run before the gym. I get up at 
which I'm going to go ahead and just tell you, getting up before 4 o'clock is not of God. But the Lord told me this. He said, you have no problem getting up to do that. So what's your excuse of not spending time with me in the morning? <laughs> I heard you, Lord. I mean, he got on me big. And, and so what I'm sharing today, I've dealt with this myself. The Lord nailed me about it because I was not prioritizing time with him. And I saw working on the teaching as the same, but it wasn't. Does that make sense? But we need to daily go after the word, go after time with him because, y'all, it's life. In the same way that, that we need food, in the same way that we need water, we need this word and we need time with him in our day. But we let these other things get in the way. And, and the solution to things working out in our lives is putting him first. Somebody say first. It's putting him first. And you may say that you've got too many bills to pay, so you've got to go to work early. You may say you've got too much to do. Matthew 6, 33, it's one of our jams here at Church Live. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Now, your translation may say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what it means, live righteously. Just as a heads up, if you feel like you have trouble living righteously, whenever you seek God and his kingdom, you will automatically begin to live righteously. It's what happens. The more you spend time with God, the more you start to live like Jesus. Come on now. The more you communicate with him, the more you start being like him. It's the same way. The kind of people that we hang out with, that's what we start acting like, right? Whenever we spend more time with him, then we're kind of like him. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you what? Everything you need. Can we all just say this together? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above what? All else. And live righteously. And he will give you. We're going to say it. And he will give me everything I need. It's a promise from the mouth of Jesus himself in the book of Matthew. I want you to understand this. You can't seek the kingdom if you're not spending time with him. We've got to seek him first. Somebody say first. Above all else. It's important that we all know what's most important in life. And I want you to know this. If I'm reacting to what everyone else wants from me, I'm not going to be able to do what's most important. I'm not going to be able to seek him. I'm not going to be able to seek the kingdom of God. We cannot react and say yes to everything that's put in front of us. I don't know about you, but I've decided I'm going to initiate and I'm going to calendar my values and my priorities first. First. Y'all, if you will, stand this morning. I want you to think just for a minute. Everybody can just close their eyes for a minute. And I want you to think, what's most important? What's, what's your priority? What does it need to be? I've taught this before in the past. Uh, as believers, you need to understand your relationship with God is by far the number one thing. By far. Without a relationship with him, of course, you're lost. Secondly, you need to be taking care of yourself. 
You may think, me, number two? Listen to me just for a minute. The reason you have to take care of yourself is because you have a family that needs you. And if you can't take care of yourself, and if you're not around, well, then you're no good to them, right? So you've got to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your family. And of course, you've got to take care of the spouse that the Lord's given you if you're married. You've got to take care of the children. Number four, after that as well that the Lord's given you also. But we, of course, prioritize the Lord, number one. So what are we going to do so that we can choose what's important? What are we going to get rid of in our life? Those urgent things. Martha chose the urgent, but Mary chose the important. And Jesus said, Mary's chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. So today, I don't know about you, but I choose what's important over what's urgent today. Is anybody with me today? Choose what's important over what's urgent. Holy Spirit, I just ask that today you just start to show us, Father, how we need to get some things in order in our life. Holy Spirit, that you reveal to us the things that we need to trim, Lord, almost like the fat that we need to trim out of our lives, God, that you show that to us. And Father, that those here today, God, that they're just going to start to say no to some things. And and maybe you've said yes already, but you need to go have a talk with somebody and say, listen, I've got to let go of this and I'm sorry. For the sake of my family, I've got to do this. Because of the walk with... Because of my walk with the Lord, I've got to do this. I've got to be able to spend more time with him doing kingdom work. But Lord, what is it that you would have us say no to that we need to, Father, just get out of today? Father, I pray that this church, Lord, we begin to, to set those deadlines, Father, so we're more efficient. Father, that we can do more with the time that we have so that we can truly pursue the things that are most important. Lord, that we're very careful with our yeses. And Father, that we consistently do first what matters most. Now, Father, I speak right now, Lord, over this entire house. God, for those that that have not prioritized their time with you, and I want you to understand I'm not beating anybody up today. But Father, I just speak right now, Lord, a desire like never before. Lord, just a hunger for them. And Father, just grace, Lord, to be able to spend extra time with you in the morning and to make the changes necessary, whatever it is, going to bed early, getting up early, whatever it takes, Father, to spend that time with you because we know, Lord, just a touch from you changes everything. Lord, you said Mary has chosen what's best. And God, I think I can say that this church, Lord, every one of us, we want to choose what's best. And that's to get at your feet, to start our day. God, we know that every good and perfect gift we have, it comes from you. And Lord, we don't want to neglect you, God, Lord, the gift giver. Father, we want to give you your time, Father, and get to know you better. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.